Well, um, last week we started a new series called Portraits of Forgiveness. We're looking at stories of forgiveness that God's given us in the Bible. These portraits serve as powerful visions of how God can take something bad and make it into something beautiful. In other words, what happens in our life when we receive, give, and walk in forgiveness. Now, uh, Hannah has been helping me in this series. Uh, she's doing what I cannot do. Uh, last week, she painted this portrait of King David who welcomed Mephibosheth to the king's table because of forgiveness. And so today, she's communicating. You know, they say uh, preaching is painting the, a picture in the minds of people who are listening. So Hannah's helping us this morning, and she's painting another portrait of forgiveness. Would you just welcome her and thank her for her ministry this morning? Genesis 45. Today we're going to talk about the story of Joseph and his brothers. There's a place in the state of Washington where millions of gallons of radioactive atomic waste are being stored in huge underground tanks. Now the life expectancy of the tank is 30 years. The life expectancy of the toxic waste inside the tank is 600 years. How many of you see a problem? Anybody? All right. We are tempted to be like those tanks when we're wounded, when we're hurt, when we're offended and we don't forgive. We store up this toxic, atomic, dangerous unforgiveness and we store it up and we store it up and we store it up. But sooner or later the unforgiveness is going to outlive what's holding it back and it will be unleashed in bitterness or anger or brokenness or dysfunction and it causes more pain for us and those around us. A couple of statistics about American life. 80% of all murders in America are committed by people who have some kind of relationship with the victim. Not random acts of violence. There's a relationship. More than uh, more children under five years of age are killed by the anger and rage of parents or a family member than die of sickness or disease. This issue of unforgiveness, in my view, is the greatest issue of humanity. How do we deal with it? It's no secret that families in America are plagued with a growing sense of dysfunction and that family dysfunction brings with it bitterness and unforgiveness which ultimately just keeps the dysfunction going. But during this series as we've said we're talking about how God can take even bad things and make something beautiful out of them. On these canvases that we're painting on Easter Sunday morning we asked everyone write down the name of a sin that you would like God to forgive you for. We took all those scraps of paper, we made a canvas out of them. If you were close enough to see, you could see sins written all over this. So what we're communicating through this series is God is taking something even, even bad. Let's say it this way this morning. God can take our brokenness and He can make something beautiful out of it. But it usually comes through forgiveness of some kind. Joseph's family epitomizes that brokenness. His mother died when he was 10. He was raised by his stepmother and two concubines. 
Don't even have time to tell that story. Joseph's father was married to two sisters. (laughs) Talking about a triangle. Who got into a baby birthing contest. You know, that's one show I haven't seen on reality TV yet. A baby birthing contest. The competition got so intense, they brought two maidservants. I can only have so many babies at once. You sleep with my husband and let's see how many we can have together. Can you say dysfunction? Four women in one tent. Children running every direction. This is a Maalox moment. If you ever think single parenting's bad, try polygamy with a childbirthing contest. Ingredients for a problem. On top of this, Joseph's father chose him as the favorite son. He was the favorite one. This caused, uh, as you can imagine, jealousy among the other eleven. Joseph's brothers violently abused Joseph and sold him into slavery. They then went and told their aging father that he was killed by an animal and they protected that lie for nearly 20 years. Dishonest and adulterous and cheating and lying and sexual abuse and incest, you name it. They broke every commandment except maybe keep the Sabbath. I mean, this is worse than keeping up with the Kardashians. Joseph carried a heavy burden And when we live in painful relationships, especially outside of our control, it puts a heavy weight on us. It puts a burden on us that suffocates us. To top it off, Joseph was similarly mistreated while a slave in Egypt by his master, by his boss, by his boss's wife, by the jailer. He continually found himself in situations where the wound kept coming. He kept doing the right thing, and every time he'd do the right thing, he'd get wounded again. Joseph was one of those kind of guys that just couldn't seem to catch a break. Every new stop along the way was another knock in the head. No doubt Joseph must have had the opportunity to build up over time enough pent up anger and rage to go postal but he didn't in fact he dealt with it so well he became the second in command in a foreign nation only Pharaoh was higher than him during his reign as second in command a severe famine breaks out and that affects his family remember the 11 that sold him into slavery and told their dad that he was dead they're starving And they come to Egypt for food because Egypt's the only nation left in the world with food because God gave Joseph a dream and told him to store the food up. And guess who they have to talk to to get food? The one they sold. My, my. How the tables turn. And Joseph has them in his hands. At his mercy. He has every authority... And every reason to act in revenge, but he doesn't. Why? Genesis 45 tells us. Look at it with me. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Heard him and heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Now I want you to underline this next sentence if, you, if you're taking notes. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. 
I want you to circle that. Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother, the one you sold into uh, into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there'll be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me, but God. I've only got one point this morning. Just one. If you want to write it down, you can. I'll put a lot of thoughts underneath it. How do we forgive? We must realize that God has a plan. How do you forgive? You have to realize that God has a plan. Now, that doesn't mean that God causes people to hurt us. It does mean that even pain has a purpose, or let me say it another way, that God can redeem even the most painful moments of our life for His purposes. Now, that doesn't mean that we excuse or justify continued abuse, uh, but it does mean that there are painful things that come into our life And they have purposes. And like Joseph, if we see the bigger picture, the purpose will become clear. What reason does Joseph give for forgiving? He said, God sent me here to preserve life. God sent me here ahead of you to preserve not just life, preserve your life. So that he would preserve a remnant in Israel. And through that remnant came the entire family line of the Jewish nation And ultimately Christ. God was working inside this. So he says, look, don't be mad at yourselves. I see the bigger picture. God's in control. He has a plan. Joseph refused to see himself as a victim. He saw himself as a man sent from God with a purpose. Now that's a very difficult thing to do when you're hurting. But to not forgive would only hinder God's plan, by the way. Unforgiveness always hinders God's work. Always. I'm convinced that we oftentimes don't see God's work in our country because we've not broken through in healing. We've not broken through in forgiveness. We've not broken through and released. We live in such a broke down, dysfunctional nation relationally and family life that there's so much pent up frustration and unresolved stuff unforgiveness dams up God's work it doesn't allow his presence to flow unforgiveness always hinders now forgiveness doesn't mean wiping out the past It doesn't mean somehow making up for what happened. See, these sinful decisions that people make have consequences, and innocent people suffer when people sin. Joseph was in prison for 13 years, and he didn't do anything to deserve it. Forgiveness doesn't mean that he got any of those 13 years back. If you want to jot this down, forgiveness isn't about getting back what you lost. It's about not losing what you presently have. You can't. You can't get back what you lost. It's lost. I've watched too many people lose the present because of the past. Forgiveness redeems the present. I've watched people exchange the present because they couldn't get over the past. So now they've lost the past and the present. 
What forgiveness does is it doesn't restore those 13 years. But what forgiveness does is it fuses you to God's bigger plan. God can use anything and everything. And he does and he will. Think about in Joseph's case. Watch this. Let's just follow the timeline of Joseph's life for a minute. If if Joseph's brothers don't sell him into slavery, he never gets to Potiphar's house. If he never gets to Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife never falsely accuses him of attempted rape. If Potiphar's wife does not falsely accuse Joseph of attempted rape, he never goes to prison. If Joseph never goes to prison, he never interprets the cupbearer's dream. If he never interprets the cupbearer's dream, he never comes to the attention of Pharaoh. If he never comes to the attention of Pharaoh, he never becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt. If he never becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt, many Egyptians die and all of Jacob's household starves to death. If you remove one link in that chain, it doesn't work. If in one moment, one season, Joseph says, I'm so mad, I'm so mad, if I ever get my hands on them, any link, any one of them, it's over. Even the last one, it's over. And the same is true for us. Whether you're responsible for your brokenness or someone else is, you can be assured that we serve a God who makes all things work together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things. But boy, that takes some faith, doesn't it? It takes some trust. He trusted that God had a plan. You know, usually when we struggle to forgive, I want you to reflect on your own life for a minute usually when we struggle to forgive it's because we don't trust God I mean I mean we can list a hundred other reasons but they all have in their foundation really one we don't trust that if we forgive God can heal us or God can make something good out of this or the other person's gonna get away or something 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 we don't trust Maybe you've never heard of Corey Tinboom, but she lived a very significant life. She and several family members were arrested in Holland by the German soldiers for hiding Jews when Hitler was trying to execute everyone. In the Ravensbrück concentration camp, her aging father died and her sister Betsy died in the same camp. Corey Tinboom, listen to this, was released because of a clerical error. One week before every woman in her camp was executed. One week. She trusted God in such a remarkable way. She began traveling the world sharing her experiences about the power of God to work in the worst of times. You know what her main message was? Forgiveness. And she tells of a time when her message of forgiveness was greatly challenged. I found her telling that story. It's a quick three-minute story of how her message of forgiveness was greatly challenged. I want you to listen to it for yourself this morning and watch it. He came to me and said, Ah, Mr. Boom, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? Suddenly I saw that man 
that was one of the most cruel overseers, guards, in the concentration, concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus' coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then... I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either, but he can. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I ask our worship team to come. Earlier in Genesis 45, Joseph said to his brothers, come near. He could have said, go away and starve. He could have said, called the guards and said, go to prison. But Joseph said, come near, come near to me, gather, gather around. Why does he do that? Why is he able to say to these people who wanted him dead, come to me? Well, in Genesis 41, the Bible tells us that Joseph had two sons. And let me tell you their names, Manassas and Ephraim. Now that means nothing to us, but Genesis 41 tells us what their names mean. Manasseh means God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Ephraim means God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. God has made me forget and God has made me fruitful. That's a powerful picture. The story of Joseph is a beautiful picture of forgiveness 
when he says to his brothers, come there. By the way, this happened before he saw his brothers. This happened before the famine even started. His two sons were born and he named them. He had already forgiven. team would you come this morning here's the thing so Hannah's been painting Joseph inviting his brothers to come close come on prayer team would you come what about you this morning man I've been I've been asking God that he would reveal the areas that block the areas that stop the areas that slow down his work in our life. And so many times those have to do with an offense or a struggle or a circumstance. With every eye closed this morning, you're here today and you say, there's some circumstances in my life I don't understand. There's somebody that I need to forgive. There's something I need to forgive. Are you suffering this morning? I want to assure you of something. God has a plan. All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Maybe you have pain this morning that seems purposeless or brokenness that cripples you. Maybe there's something this morning that you say, I need God to help me to forget it. I've tried to forgive. I need God to help me forget it. Joseph named his son God helped me to forget he caused me to forget man this morning I've, I've been praying this weekend and the Holy Spirit has been here working all morning and he's been uncovering he's been shining a light he's been revealing, he's been showing With every eye closed this morning you have a circumstance you don't understand there's pain you don't understand there's a struggle you don't understand there's something you need to forget. There's something you need to forgive. There's something you need to let go of. I just want to see your hand this morning. I just want to see your hand. Come on, I want you to lift your hand. Say, that's me today. Man, there's some circumstances I'm in that I don't understand. There's some things going on in my life I don't understand. There's some things that happened to me maybe a long time ago, and I've not been able to get over them. And I don't understand. When will that happen? When will that happen? Let me just see your hand this morning. Say, that's me today that's me in this place that's me I'm telling you God has scheduled some divine appointments this morning I'm going to pray and I want to ask you as the worship team sings I want to ask you to come and let the prayer team just agree with you and minister to you